0: Welcome back to the Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my wife Natasha Mason. Hello, there she is, and we are back with another wonderful episode. We have a newer, newer computer and uh, different program that we're using, so we're hopefully, so we're hopefully, hopefully this will sound a little bit better uh, than it has been. So the Lord has blessed us, and we've uh, got a little bit of new equipment, and uh, things are rolling right along. Uh, a couple of things I want to say right off the top: um, this month is really going well for the podcast you <laughs> If you are listening, I want to thank you up front. We have a lot of people from different places in the world who are listening. Uh, We've had some new listens from Russia lately, and we've had some new listens from South Africa. Um, And so to those people that are out there, you know, if you are a believer and you love the Lord, we just want you to know um, that we here in the States love you and we're praying for you. And uh, we understand, you know, the difficulties of life, but God is always the same. um, And he's always there to provide for your needs and he will take care of you in any any hardship that you have to face. Um, So this this podcast, this episode is going to be titled, Is God a Bad Guy? And this really comes from a place this week, um, my wife will actually tell a story. Go ahead and tell the story.
1: So most people have a Facebook, and as most people do, they post things that they think are funny or humorous. Um, So I posted something about um, Popeye's chicken and Chick-fil-A chicken
0: new chicken sandwich.
1: Supposedly it was supposed to be as good as Chick-fil-A. I don't know about that. So, and I haven't eaten it, so I don't know, but I do love Chick-fil-A chicken. Anyway, so there was a hurricane that was coming, and the basically the little picture said, oh, hurricane season was all quiet until Popeye's decided to want to mess with Chick-fil-A's chicken. And I thought it was funny. It was humorous.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's so I
1: posted it. Well, someone, someone took offense and said, that that wasn't funny. That people are suffering, right. and that would be like saying, "Your God is a vengeful God."
0: Right, and so that I think that um, if you don't know anything, if you're not in the United States and you don't know anything about Chick Fil A, it is a restaurant that is owned by a Christian family, um, and they they believe in traditional biblical values.
1: They're closed on Sundays,
0: right? And they're they catch a lot of heat right now, and, and they're catching a lot of uh, pushback, and they're having a lot of people protest. Um, Because the world doesn't like traditional biblical values. What we believe as Christians is offensive. The Bible says the cross is an offense to them who believe. I'm sorry. It says the cross is an offense to them who do not believe. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I got that mixed up. But no, the cross is an offense to the world because it is a reminder daily of our sin, and it is a reminder of our need for a Savior. Um, and so when you run a business in the United States, especially, maybe around the world, um, you if you come out as a Christian and you're, you're leading your business in a um, an honest way, a, a godlike like manner, uh, the world is going to push back because they don't like that. Um and so the comment my wife had read this week was that, you know, yeah, you just kinda make your God sound like a vengeful God.
1: Like he's mad because somebody's missing right, Chick-fil-A right, chicken. So right. he's gonna send this hurricane. And kill we know it, it's you, a, know. you
0: know, we know it's a little joke and it was just funny and um no, we don't want anybody you know, we we actually spent time praying for people in the way of the hurricane and praying and, and I think um there was some blessing there. It um went a little further away than they thought it was going to, um, and and it didn't actually go where they thought it would, and so maybe some prayer had, you know, maybe God had a different uh, intention there. Um, but anyway, so it really sparked a conversation about God himself, and what do people really understand about the God of the Bible, because I don't think people understand God as clearly as they think they do. Um, the world that we live in has a confusion, and we talked about this, I believe, in the last episode. The world is confused between the word love and lust. And they seem to get the two mixed up, and they always think that lust is love. Basically, they think, hey, I, I must love this person because I have feelings for I them. I
1: desire them. Right,
0: and that's not what that is. That is lust, and that leads us in a lo- lot of different um, different, bad, different bad, bad places. It leads us in a lot of bad places in our life when we allow lust to rule our emotions, and um, we really don't have an understanding. So the God of the Bible, we'll explain a little bit in case you— um, you don't know him or you're not really familiar with him. Um, he is our father. The Bible puts it to us cl- plainly that anyone who was born again is a child of God. Um, so in the in the uh, context of the scriptures, when we look at it, uh, we are the children. He, he is the father. Right. Um, and so the Bible often talks to us from a parental position. Um, that God is the authority and we are his children and we're under him and we are under his watch, we're under his wing, we're under his protection um, because he is our father who rules over us. Um, So I think when the world looks at it, they see God from one aspect. And the only thing the world knows about love or about God is that God is supposed to be love. That's all they know.
1: That's all they want him to be. Right. And so, Because that's that's warm and fuzzy. There's no consequence. There's no expectations put on you,
0: right? There's no, there's, yeah, it's just an emotional feeling that we have for one another. And so God, um, your God should be love. And they want to dictate to us what God should be or who God should be. Um, and so they come from the aspect that God is love and he's, he's nothing else. And that God, you know, the scripture says, um, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that knoweth not God knoweth not love for love is God. Mm-hmm. right um so we know this we know that god is love the scripture tells us that that god is love but the love itself it's such a full dynamic there's so many it's uh it's like a box of crayons it might say crayons on the box but there's so many different colors in there and they're not all the same while they're all still crayons so god's love is love yes but it it is um It's the parental type that comes out and that manifests itself in different ways. Uh, One of the examples would be where the scripture says that God chastises those that he loves. So if we're believers and we're supposed to be walking in his word and we get hard-headed or or, uh, pig-headed or uh, we want to turn away and walk away from God or we want to go our own direction... We are under his uh, watch, and he still has the opportunity to chastise us. That doesn't mean he's going to punish us for no good reason. It is to bring us back in line. He chastises those that he loves. This is the same thing a parent does. We have kids. It's the same thing we do for our children. And it's not to be vengeful or malicious. It is to teach them that there are consequences to their actions. Because in life, there's always consequences.
1: Yes, you can, you're can. you free to make any choice that you want to, but you're not free from the consequences of it.
0: Correct. Your consequences will find you wherever you are. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's the same thing with justice, right? L- l- justice and um, judgment are all parts of love. And you might say, oh, I don't really get that. How could God judge people? Well, that's his authority. It's his planet. It's his universe. He created everything. If he decides he wants to judge us, he has the right to do that. He made it. Um, if you have a home and you live in that home and somebody comes and knocks on your door and just walks in and decides they want to live there, are you going to run them out? Yes. I mean, they just come in and sit on your couch and decide that they want to take over. This is their place. You're going to say, no, this is my house. And I set rules here and you need to leave. And you're going to, to set the rules for anyone who dwells and lives inside of your house. Now, uh, somebody from the outside could look at you and go, wow, that's really judgmental of you. You know, I mean, you're supposed to be a loving person. Why why don't you just let people live in your house? Why won't you let them drive your car? Why won't you let them have your bank account? You know, there's all this this idea and this talk in the world today of love, but when it's really put to the test, it's not love. It's not that kind of love that is going to to correct one another to make sure that we're doing the right thing. So God himself, being that he loves us, one of the things he's going to do is chastise us. That's just that's for the believer. Um, he's going to keep us in line. He's going to uh, use circumstance and situation to make sure that we're walking correctly and we're walking in His word, because He is our Father, and that is His role is to protect us and to guide us through the Holy Spirit and to lead us into all truth. He's going to lead us into truth. To be led means he has to be in front of us, and he has to be bringing us along. I think so many people have this idea, and we want to follow the Lord. Yes, we say that phrase, I'm going to follow after God. That's because he's leading us. If he's not leading us, we're not doing anything but walking around by ourselves.
1: But I think a lot of people have an uh, issue with just the concept of being led. Oh,
0: They do, because like everybody they don't, wants to. They
1: don't want to be told what to do. No. They don't want to understand that there's rules that. Right. They should follow.
0: Uh, the Old Testament. Let's let's talk about the Old Testament of the Bible for a moment. So um, if you're a New Testament believer, which just simply means you believe in Jesus, uh, is your Messiah, he's your Savior, he's, he's your King of King, and Lord of Lords, um, he was the same in the Old Testament as he is in the New. And I hear a lot of people a lot of times say, well, uh, if you look at the Old Testament, God, he was angry. And he was, uh, you know, he was uh, very heavy handed and he was commanding the Israelites to go and wipe out this nation and wipe out that nation. And he flooded the earth and he uh, destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And he did all these things where he seemed to be angry. You know, you're telling me that the God of the Bible who is supposed to be of God of love is angry? And and I would say absolutely, 100 percent, yes. Um, uh, Jonathan Edwards preached one of the greatest revival sermons of all time called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And it's basically, in his sermon, his basic layout was that God is furious and angry with the sinner because the sinner is walking in unrightness and is walking in their sin. And God is angry with us. And if we received everything that we deserved because of our sin, every single one of us would go to hell. I mean, it is a simple, singular fact that God in his righteousness has the right to judge us and has the right to send us, whether people believe that or not, has the right to send us wherever he pleases. We are his creation. We are not the creator. So when you look at God, you're going to say, oh, God is love. But I can't believe your God would be a God of vengeance, which is interesting because there are other scriptures there. Deuteronomy has, I believe it's Deuteronomy chapter two, talks about vengeance. Um, the book of Matthew, the Lord saying, vengeance is mine. Thus saith the Lord, I will repay God is telling us in in the New Testament to love those who, who use us and do nice and do good to those who would abuse us. That way we're heaping coals upon their head because God is going to repay everyone according to his work. Now, those who have believed in Christ, we put our work and our faith is in Christ, in Christ alone. So God's not going to hold us in the same way accountable as he is the lost. The lost are going to have to be judged according to the Ten Commandments, according to the Torah, according to the Word of God, and they're going to be found wanting because of all the things in their life that they have done that is sin, and there was no repentance from that. So you have to understand that, uh, it's just like a judge in a court. If you break the law and you go have to stand before the judge, you don't have the right to sit there and say, wow, you're really judgmental. You seem like you're vengeful or vindictive. Why are you trying to put me in jail for robbing a bank? That doesn't seem right. But the laws we have in this country are set up that way. And so love requires justice. It also requires mercy um, our judicial system shows that as well. It's, it's set up in the idea of replicating the kind of judgment that God has in the scriptures is that, yes, he is a God who loves everyone, but his love also has correction. It has standards. Um, you know, it's, you, you want to talk about justice. Uh, when you look at the word of God and those who believe in him, uh, we, you know, all of Psalms, a great majority of the book of Psalms is David saying, why are the wicked prospering? Why are the wicked getting away with all of this? When are you going to do something, Lord? You know, when are you going to, when are you going to step in? And when are you going to intercede? They're trying to kill me. They're trying to, you know, and, and the Lord tells them he's going to take care of it. Um, and, you know, that's, that's the part of God people don't seem to understand, right? So in this day and age, the God of love, and, and this is what I told my wife the other day, I, people have taken love itself and turned it into a God. The, the love that you see out there is not God's love. It is not um, It is not him doing his work in the world. It is the world taking something like lust or it's taking love and it's elevating it to a position of this is the only thing that really matters. And it's love is love and I should be able to do what I want as long as I don't hurt anyone. That's what they always say. As long as I don't hurt anybody else, I should be able to do whatever I want. But you're damaging yourself.
1: But I think this society as a whole is very focused on inner. Yeah. What, what's in it for me? And they don't have the ability to factor in the people around them, and, and I was telling you, you know, the concept of love, where, where the only thing about love that you should feel is warm and fuzzy, hugs and kisses. It's very much on the 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 plane of a, like a four year old, right? Because our our youngest is four, and if she does something that she needs to be reprimanded for, and I reprimand her, she. I don't, couple of occasions she'll she'll be crying and she'll say but I thought you loved me right. and so she's she's grasping with the concept of well my mama love is always supposed to be when you're snuggling me and kissing on me and hugging right. me but there's the other side to it now when I reprimand her you know once I feel like she's gotten the concept then I then I then I'll heap on love on her right. so that she gets both sides of it but it's just a very, in my mind, an immature way to look at love.
0: Right. And we see, because we see that, um, we see that from the perspective that we want to see it. And I think that's the way the world looks at love. They see it from the idea and the perspective that they want to see it. So when we look at God and we say, well, is God, you're the, the quote or the statement there was that your God seems like this makes your God seem like a vengeful God, um,
1: Have you read Revelations?
0: Yes, you don't want to read the book of Revelation. That'll upset you dramatically. Um, And and here's here's what people need to understand. The God of today, and you know this if you're a believer, is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If he is the same yesterday and today and forevermore, that means he has not changed. And the scripture says that. There is no variance. There's no changing within him. So the anger, when you look at the Old Testament, you see the anger of God there. I'm going to tell you something right now. He's still angry. That anger has not gone away. Do you honestly think that when he sent his son to die and they put him on a cross and they killed him, that that didn't anger him, that that didn't stoke his anger? Now I'm going to tell you where the mercy of God is. Here's the mercy of God, that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for us. And now Jesus, Jesus took the full weight of God's anger. And he is what is holding that. Um, In the book of Revelation, you're going to see there's, I believe it's around between chapter 10 and chapter 14. The wrath of God falls on mankind. And the scripture says that there are those and they're removed before the wrath of God falls. And when the wrath of God falls, the Holy Spirit has been removed from the earth and from mankind. And Jesus is no longer here with us. We are with him and we have been removed. And once we are removed, the wrath of God falls on what's left, which is this wicked world. And I'm telling you right now, if you look, there's seven bowls, there's seven vials, there's plagues, there's famine, there's pestilence, there's all kinds of things of what people would say biblical proportions, because that's where they get these ideas. But there is this anger that God is is angry with the wicked, and he will... And people don't like it. He's going to pour out his wrath, which is his vengeance and his justice, because he is going to hold those things. He's going to weigh this world. And he's going to look at the wickedness of the world. And he is going to find that it has rejected his son completely. And his anger and wrath are going to pour out. And it's not, you know, when we look at it, we say, God, the father, and he's um, to us, to the believer, uh, we trust in his son and we place our hope and our full weight of our belief in him. And so God's anger is not kindled toward us because he poured it out on his son. His son died in our place. This is where we talked about if we got what we deserved, we would all go to hell. But we got Jesus instead. We got righteousness through the blood of the the lamb on the cross. He shed that blood for us. And so he washed us in it. And so all the things that we deserved, he took upon himself on that cross that day. And now I'm no longer... You know I'm not worried about the wrath of God, I'm not worried about God pouring out his vials and bowls upon me, and I'm not worried about just the bad things that come from his anger and his wrath, and that wrath is really based on justice and i'm not I'm not worried about that because I am his child. Um, you know it's the same thing if if I, I have my kids in my home and I want to protect them and I want to keep them away from the things of the world, um, they don't worry about how dad is going to handle a situation outside of the house. They don't have to worry. They know they're going to have a place to sleep when they come home. They know they got a bed here. They know they got food here. They know that I'm going to provide for them because they're my children. Right? So there's those other people out there that I'm not providing for. They're not mine. They're, they don't belong to me. Um, and so that's the same thing. God God is love. God is absolutely love. But love has so many different facets to it that the world doesn't seem to understand.
1: Love has requirements.
0: Absolutely.
1: I mean, you can't.
0: Well, you look at our relationship. Look at our relationship as a married couple. Our love has requirements that we are bound to one another as long as we live. We're going to be bound to each other and only to each other. That is one of the qualifications of our love. And everybody can say what they want, but everybody qualifies whether somebody loves them or not in different ways. You know, a lot of people say, well, you must not love me because you didn't do X, Y, and Z for me. Or you didn't love me because you didn't, uh, you don't help me do this or you don't help me do that. So people qualify love all day long, but when it comes to God, they go, well, how dare the God of the universe have any qualifications to his love? And simply his qualifications to his love is come to the cross and lay your life at the feet of Jesus. That's it. That's That's the only qualification to receive the full love of God is that we give our lives to his son. And once we've done that, we're now part of that family. And all the benefits that come, the Bible says we become joint heirs with Christ, right? The Bible says I was crucified with Christ, And it's not I that live, but Christ within me. So on that day that he was crucified, because I put my faith in him, because he called me out of this world, and I am following after him, and he's leading me, I am now joint heirs with him. And so everything that belongs to Christ belongs to me. And all the goodness of God, you know, and and this is something I think we we went and saw the McCameys yesterday, uh, Southern Gospel
1: I, I've group. never seen them before, but I am now a fan. All right.
0: And, and she's a, she's a fan at the end of their career. Cause they're, I think they're retiring <laughs> in November. So if you get a chance to go see the McCameys and you're anywhere near them, go see them. They're great and wonderful. Um, uh, but I've known, I've known of them for the last 20 some years. Haven't really listened to their music in a long, long time, but they were coming around and I wanted to take my mom to see them. And one of the things that they, they reminded me, we went to the, the, the concert singing last night and enjoyed it. But one of the things they, they constantly, uh, spoke about in their music was that God is the same. He's the same. He's, if he's providing for you now, he's going to do the same thing for you now because he did it in the past he's going to take care of you now because he did it in the past. And I think as, as Christians, we go through time as believers, we go through time. And and for some reason we send, we seem to think that God is going to, um, he's going to slow down or he's going to, uh, he's going to stop moving or he's going to maybe be a little forgetful about me. And, and maybe I don't see him. Well,
1: we always want to put human characteristics, right?
0: On. We're going to stick that on him, but I'm here to tell you wherever you're at in the world, it doesn't matter. You know, if you're living a little hut, I wouldn't know what you're listening to this on. Uh, If you're in Russia or you're in Iran or if you're in Italy, if you're in any of these countries in the world, the God who serves us here serves you there. The God who saved us here can save you there. The God who works for your good is going to work for your good for all time until you are dead. He is not going to stop working good for you. Does that mean it's going to be easy in your life? No, it doesn't. Uh, There's a lot of people out there saying that, you know, God wants health and wealth and prosperity for you. He does, but that is in the life to come. He can make us prosperous in this life, but the only way he's going to do that is to glorify his son. God will not glorify me, Brad Mason or anyone else, if it does not glorify Jesus. And when he does that, he is pouring out his love. He's pouring it on us, but it is on behalf of his son which is incredible because that's, you know, you think of that, that, that relationship with somebody adopting a child into their home. We have, I have a friend of mine who adopted a child. They adopt a child into their home and they treat that child like their own. And they love that child like their own because to them, that is their child. And that's the way God is with us. His love is poured out on us because we are his children. We belong to him. So, you know, the idea that when you look at this, you know, say, wow, God, your, your God seems vengeful. He is, he has a, yes, he's angry and yes, he will have his day. And yes, he will judge every person that is walking on this planet. And no, he is not just the construct of love himself. He's not just this idea of love without justice or love without mercy or, or love without repentance, all these things, his love has so many different facets to it that, uh, we need to understand that you can't always approach it from the idea that I, you know, um, love is love and, you know, therefore, uh, you, your God just, you know, he's judgmental. Well,
1: I think when you're able to look at it in the, in the con context of a father loving their children, to me, I don't understand why it's so difficult of a concept to comprehend for a lot of people
0: well i think and this okay so here's here's the problem and that's a great point to make um if you go pick up your kid somewhere say your your kid's at uh daycare or something right you got your kid there at daycare and they're with four other kids and all those children are doing something wrong including your child who are you going to correct yours you're going to correct your child can you correct the other children
1: no well i mean well you can you
0: can't but are they going to listen to you
1: (laughs) I don't know. They might listen to you a little bit better because sometimes kids listen better too. <laughs>
0: You know they don't. You know kids generally don't. Do an adult. Let's talk about adults. What right. adults do No. Adults no. are not going to do that. If they're not your son or they're not your daughter, they're not going to listen to you the same. They're, gonna they're be- not <laughs> going to respect you the same because they're not yours. So the reason the world doesn't like the idea of the love that God is of the Bible or the way he does things is because they don't belong to him. They don't know him. They're not his children. So they're children of a stranger. And when they look, they go, well, your dad's, you know, your father. dad's so mean. Yeah, that guy's. He seems to be really mean because he doesn't do things the way my dad does. And the father of this world is a father of lies. He's a father of confusion and he's out here and he's, he's seeking whom he can devour and he's destroying lives and he's destroying people. Um, and and it is leading them to destruction. And the sad thing is, is that those children who follow after him, because the Bible does say they're his children, um, they follow after him and they don't really know that they're doing it, but they're supporting those ideas and those concepts and they're coming at a holy God and they're saying, Why? Well, well, they're shaking their fist. How dare you? You know, how dare you, you know, uh, judge me and how dare you, you judge us? And then the bad thing is, is, is John chapter 3 laid it all out when it said that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world but the world to save the world through him right the, the the scripture says that the world was already condemned he didn't come to condemn the world it was already condemned we have to understand that we're born in sin and we're already condemned from the get go um so His love is very unique and we can't even get into, I mean, we could go on probably for a couple hours just talking about the way that God loves us and what he's done and the way he moves and the way he motivates and the way he encourages and the way he lifts us up and the way he blesses us. Um, And and there's there's just, there's so many words and so many things you could say. And I don't think you could ever fully express the understanding of what God's love really is. Uh, uh,
1: Exactly. I mean, you say God is vengeful. But he's also love. I
0: Absolutely, mean, you
1: can't. He's both.
0: He's all those things. We're we, you know. The Bible says that we were made in His image and in His likeness. And there's so much about us that repra- that looks like Him. There's so much in us. Um, that he created. I believe our emotional, uh, a lot of our emotions are, are based on him. Um, I believe, you know, he, the Bible says he's he's a, a jealous God in the Old Testament. It said he, he was jealous when uh, the Israelites or the Hebrews were worshiping pagan idols. He didn't like that. Um, there was one point where the temple was in, in Israel and there was a grove of trees that was nearby and he got mad and he said, I want you to cut all those trees down and get them away from the temple. And they were like, well, why do you want us to do that? And he's like, because I know, I know how people are. They're going to wind up worshiping those trees and and as silly as it sounds, it's exactly what people wound up doing. They were cutting down trees and bringing them into their home and shaping them into false idols and things like that, because he knew how errant, how quickly a, a person will uh, diverge from the truth. And, and that's the honest, that's the honesty of God is that he's going to say, I love you so much that I don't want any of these bad things in your life. These things are going to be destructive. These things are going to hurt you. These things that are going to, um, wound you deeply um, and so he he goes out of his way to protect us from those things. He's a protector. He's a defender. He's a fortress. He's a rock. He's a he's a uh, a steady place in a storm. He's all these wonderful things. But when people see God or, or when the world looks at God, all they want to see is either love or vengeance. That's the only two things they want to put on him. He's either love or he's, your God is either a God of love who lets me do whatever I want. That's not love. Um, in case you're confused, doing whatever you want is not love. If my daughter wanted to go put her hand on the stove and I did not stop her, then I could not say that I loved her because if I know something is going to hurt her and I don't try to stop it or try to intervene, then I don't love her. Uh, we talked about it before. There was the the two guys who said, if you're a Christian and uh, you are willing to let people go to hell and you won't warn them about that, then you don't really love people. Because if we believe that place is a place of destruction and that people are going to be there for all eternity, it should be one of the most imperative things in our lives to say, don't go there. That's what love is. And God's love is the same for us. And sometimes he's going to have to correct us to get us on course and get us on track. And sometimes that correction is going to hurt. Sometimes it's not going to be so bad. But it is justice, it is holiness, it is righteousness, and it's all wrapped under the umbrella of God's love. So I think when you look at the question, is God a bad guy? Absolutely not. Um, In the scenario of the scripture, God is not a bad guy at all. Um, I just think people have the understanding of who God is. You really need to get to know him, get on that relationship level with him. And uh, once you uh, develop that relationship with him and his son through Jesus, um, you begin to understand who God is uh, a little more completely agreed all right so that's been it we've uh we've had a good time with this podcast this episode um our daughter's been wandering around in the background the cat came in a couple times uh, we do i think we've we've mentioned this before um we're not you know we don't get paid to do this we do this from our home we have five children a cat and two dogs and eight chickens so we've got a miniature farm. <laughs> It sounds crazy when you put it all out there, but we, um, we're really, you know, we want, we want to, to let you know that we care about you and, uh, we really appreciate everybody who's been listening this, uh, this month looks like it really could be one of our biggest months for the podcast and, um, and our, and it really belongs to the people who are listening. And we thank you for that where, you know, if you're, if you're in another country and really we we'll want to reach out to people around the world and say, if you're in another country and you need prayer, please, you can email us at, uh, BF Mason, seven, six, one at hotmail.com. Um you can send us a story of your life. How did you how did you come to the Lord? How do you know the Lord? Um, where are you at? What kind of struggles are you dealing with? What do you need us to pray for? Um the least we can do is pray for you. So if you're interested in that, please reach out to us and let us know. Uh we do have a Facebook page, we do have Twitter and, and um
1: Instagram. Yes,
0: and Instagram. I'm trying the
1: to do better. The podcast
0: is uh the podcast is on all platforms. So if you if you're listening on your computer, you could probably get on iTunes or iHeartRadio. And boy, I said that weird, Um, but you can get it just about anywhere. Um, Lastly, for this episode, I really want to close out praying for people and we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for the people around the world who really um, need the Lord today and who are really, um, you know, need encouragement. So if you don't mind, just hang with me for a second and, and maybe the Lord can bless you and let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you so much for this day, Lord. I thank you again that we have the opportunity to come and to worship you, God, and to talk about your goodness, Lord. And, uh, Lord, we know the world is confused, and they, they see you, and they don't really understand you, and they don't know you. And they have so many ideas about you, Father. But we thank you that you allow those who have believed in your Son to have that relationship with you, God. Uh, Right now, Lord, I pray that you would just be with those believers around the world who are in persecution, who are hiding, the people who are afraid that, uh, you know, if somebody finds out, Lord, that they're going to be in trouble. Uh, Lord, I pray that your mercy would uh, rain down on them, that the Holy Spirit would be with them, and that you would lift them up in their trial and their tribulation, Lord. Um, God, once again, we thank you so much for the opportunity to use this podcast to glorify Jesus Christ, Lord. Uh, we just pray that everything we do and say will always glorify your son. And we thank you so much just for loving us in Jesus name. We ask these things. Amen. Amen. And we thank you for listening to the podcast. If you wouldn't mind, uh, share this with your friends and family, um, like it, uh, anywhere you can subscribe if you would like and keep up with us, uh, at the abnormal Christian. And we are just, uh, I hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you again on the next episode. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.